are now watching Music of Lifebloods Conversations from the Pit. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned yourself into another episode of Music the Lifebloods Conversations from the Pit. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me, as always, Music of the Lifebloods' own man in the field, Mr. John Carter. Carter, how are things? Good. How are you doing? I'm sweaty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm hot. <laughs> I'm hot today for some reason. So, all right. All right. So, Carter, uh, second episode back. Um, new year, obviously. We're still in January 21. If you're watching this 10 years from now, hi. Welcome to the thing. My, I've been thinking about this a lot um, just because of the last 10 months and what we've been dealing with as far as COVID and all of the shenanigans and horse shit that's came along with it. So I'm going to put this to you because you're still an active musician. You're still out there doing the hustle. I have long since retired because I just cannot stand to deal with drummers. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, uh, here's the question. Riddle me this, Batman. How do bands move forward in this situation that we're in, in 2021 and potential more COVID or shit coming. How are bands going to continue to be bands? You know what? I thought I was thinking about that not too long ago. And the one thing that I noticed is it differs from state to state, you know, as to like uh, who's allowing what, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, I live in North Carolina and like South Carolina, at least parts of it that I know of, like Charleston, for example, is wide open. Um, my band got offered like uh, four shows um, from about December to March. And uh, it was, it was weird because I know some bands in South Carolina that aren't playing shows that are viewing things as if it's totally shut down. You know what I mean? Sure. And North Carolina, uh, I know that there are like some clandestine shows going on here and there some invite only things going on, um, you know, skate, some skate park shows, backyard party shows and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, the venues, the, the venues that are basically, you know, worth paying attention to for good shows coming through are still not doing anything. They're, they're doing like, they're doing like, you know, punk rock karaoke, you know, um, you know, trivia, stuff like that. Things, things that aren't going to have sweaty people on top of each other kind of deal. Right. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. um, the yep. thing of it is, I honestly think it's going to depend on the state because uh, even back in Iowa, where I'm from, uh, the, uh, the the governor um, lifted the ban on um, on uh, on sporting events and like uh, entertainment, uh, big events and stuff like that. Sure. I don't sure. know if that's going to trickle down to small club shows and whatnot, but she's getting a lot of crap for it. Some people think it's irresponsible that you know people are going to get sick. And some people are like, okay, hell yeah, because South Dakota has been in comparison wide open as well. And, you know, they're not too far from each other. So to be honest with you, I kind of just think it, it depends on what, um, you know, what scene you're part of, you know, and in, in, in what town. Because there's some people like in, you know, in South Dakota and Iowa that are like, well, fuck it, let's do this, let's play shows. And then they're getting judged 
by people in, in their scene. And as you know, as we all know, the hardcore scene and the punk scene is going to have people that are going to be um, social justice warriors for either side, you know, and, you know, people are going to get, yeah, it's really, really great. You're going to play shows, but you should be ashamed of yourself because you want to play shows. You should be, you should be miserable and you should be hiding out. So I think going forward, I really kind of think that um, what I've seen in North Carolina is when a mandate gets set, set in place within a couple weeks, people are like, okay, well, fuck it. You know, it's like, it's, People get excited and pissed off for about 48 to 72 hours. And then about two weeks later, you realize the person at Walmart's not bugging you for a mask anymore. Um, you know, just people aren't really, you know, adhering to the mandate anymore. Stuff. So we've got a curfew and the bars have to close uh, at 10 o'clock around here. So, of course, you know, you really can't if you want to, like, play music on a patio in the backyard, you know, of the bar or whatever. They do that kind of stuff from time to time. But still, it's got to end. But I think going forward. I honestly don't, I don't think that music as a whole is going to suffer because there are people that are doing the live stream shows, which me personally, I'm not too into, but I do respect people that do that. You know, um, there's also people that have kept their brands going via podcasts sure. and blogs and just set, there's a lot of people I know in bands, um, various bands that had tours planned that got canceled. And so they just sold all their merch online and they're doing really well with merch sales and they're making new content and they're, um, and they're contributing some of the merch money to different charities and being socially active. Um, you know, obviously with the other things that are going on besides just COVID and stuff like that. So I kind of think in a weird way, um, or it's going to sound weird anyways, bands that are socially conscious bands that are multimedia um, and bands that already kind of have a legacy are going to be fine. N newer bands that are, that's maybe started up pre COVID, like right around that time um, or people that started bands during COVID mm -hmm. are going to have a little bit harder time because it's hard to really build your fan base um, simply just online when you're, when you're new. Yeah. So, what's going to come down to is people I've seen some people just give the fuck up and like, Oh, fuck it. We're done. And people, you know, I, I see their stuff online selling, selling their gear. People just like, fuck it. I'm done or whatever. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, you know, we've all heard it. You know, a lot of bands have, have closed up shop because of it and whatnot. But like I said, I think that the, the bands, the bigger bands, the bands that kind of have like a bigger kind of following bands that are social, you know, um, you know, I hate to say it politically active, you know, we, we try to stay the hell away from anything political on here, but I really, really do think that like there are bands that if they are as a band involved in with either side and what's going on they're it's, they're not really cashing in on it, but they're getting active and they're trying to do their part and showing, Hey, we're public figures to a degree. And this is how we're giving back to this, you know, this cause or that cause. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, I honestly diversify, you know, it's like the Paul or the, the Gene Simmons mentality. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to do this forever. So diversify and you might find something that can grow out of it. You know, yeah. Hey, I've got all these tentacles. This one tentacle is bigger than the others. And I'm going to go this route. I've seen people do that. You know, I mean, the, it's a, the, the term omni channel, yeah. you know, a, a band that can uh, manage and, produce content via a bunch of different avenues that sort of thing so 
Yeah, we do. I mean, you mentioned it. We tend to stay away from anything political, political, at least on, you know, conversations from the pit. But, you know, if you're a longtime, you know, fan of the music, the Lifeblood <laughs> podcast, I think, you know, every everybody knows, you know, how I am. You know, I till I'm definitely libertarian. I I tilt conservative on some stuff. Um, and you I, I mean, I mean, you know, I've known you for a while. You know, you strike me as uber, uber libertarian. Leave me alone. Let me do my thing. You can do your thing. You know, I think we're both that and we're both of us are kind of at the tail end of Generation X. You know, so we, you know, it's I sometimes wonder if it's just because it's a generational thing. But the the thing I keep thinking about is that. Are we ever going to have shows again? You know what I mean? And I I feel like we I feel like we will because I just don't think this is going to last forever. You know, you know that I it might I I can't tell if I'm being hopeful or just naive in that regard because like I said it can't last forever. This this can't go on for, you know, for the the end the, the end of eternity. Eventually things will go back to normal, but is nor is going back to normal going to be within a threshold of, you know, before bands reach the threshold that they just can't sustain anymore? Well, you got to ask yourself too when you when you ask the question, "Are we ever going to have shows again?" Um, it's kind of a broad question because there are shows going on. <laughs> Florida is wide open. I there's. Um, some of the, uh, some of the bands that, um, that, uh, that my band is label mates with are in Texas and Florida mm -hmm. and there's shows going on. Now I, I did see one of them that said at the bottom of the flyer, this is a seated event. Masks are required, sure. blah, blah, blah. And then there are some shows that I've seen people posted footage of where it was just kind of like, you saw maybe of the hundred people in attendance, three masks. People just saying, fuck it. We want sure. it back to normal ASAP. So it's like when you ask well, the question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. Like, like you said earlier, staying away from the political thing because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think <laughs> me, I think, I think it's probably good for the show for me to not go on a rant. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 I think, I think it's good for this show. Maybe not one of the other shows. <laughs> Music light blood, but but all uh, you know, political shit aside, whether it's good or bad that they're having shows, I just want to. I I I intend it. I wanted us to be able to have a discussion to see, you know, kind of where we go from here. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, that sort of thing. So, mm -hmm. so that well, said, keep going. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, very very good point, and it, because it's just, I think that, I think there's people that want to do shit. And, and, you know, they, they're going to do shit whether they, you know, are able to or whether it's legal or not, whether they're shunned for it or not, sure. you know. And I think sometimes it's, 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 a, it's a tough spot to be in because it's like, okay, we can do this show because we just these, – these guys that are out there that I just want to play. I just want to play. Okay, well, here's the thing. You just want to play. But if you're going to spend hours and hours – you know, and, and hundreds of dollars on doing a band, um, having an online presence, having merchandise, writing music, getting together with other people, whatever. What is your goal with music, right? 
I'm sure everybody has different goals. You know what I mean? Like, you know, back in, you know, like, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are famous for saying, okay, it's, it, you, you do a band to get women, you know what I mean? And then you get like Jelly Opera, you, you, you do music to, to, you know, to, to, to make, make a change and, you know, and get, get your point across whatnot, you know, and then you get people that like, you know, that are just like, I do music for me and nobody else. Blah. So everyone's got a different reason for doing music, sure. you know? So it's, it kind of comes down to like these, these cover bands that I've seen do these shows in these bars around here with nobody in attendance like everyone is literally outside in the beer garden outside or whatever you want to call it and there's a band inside playing the hits of the 70s 80s and 90s nobody in there but the bartender people come up to the bar get their drink and go back outside and it's just like is it kind of one of those deals where it's just like are you that desperate to just play your instrument in front of other humans or do you love the way mu- playing music with other people feels? Or do you like just sitting on the edge of your bed and fucking wood shedding some fucking some riffs? You know what I mean? Like, wh- yeah. why do you why do you play music? And with you talking about like you've had some bad experiences, you're tired of dealing with drummers, you've had some things happen with you, <laughs> you know. And I, our our experience in music is is quite different. And I'm not saying either one is either good or bad. It's just like I've I've experienced. I've toured the country three times. Um, I've worked with some fucking people that I really respect and looked up to and had some really, really great experiences. And so I kind of think that's, you know, why I'm somewhat of a lifer because I've done things that I'm, I I become addicted to the way certain things feel with playing music. Right. So it's just kind of like, you know, there's that kind of thing. Everyone's got their different perspective. And and when someone's in a band that said, well, fuck it, COVID hit, we can't do anything. So let's just fucking end this band. Well, it's just like, well, were you even into it in the first place? Or, you know, what was your reason for doing it? And I think kind of what it really comes down to is what the fuck is the reason for doing it? And is music going to be on a, on a huge scale, like, you know, big fucking arena shows, like that big Motley Crue, Def Leppard Poison thing that was supposed to happen, the Kiss Farewell Tour, you know what I mean? Um, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the, big, um, the big Lamb of God Tour that was supposed to happen. All these big things that are run by these giant corporations you know, and Live Nation and this and that, those things came to a screeching halt. But what I think is going to happen and is already happening, even when things lift to get better, I think that the underground scene is going to become very strong. I really do. Because a lot of people have been networking um, through Facebook groups and through word of mouth. And there's actually like in Virginia, um, in Richmond, Virginia, there's a guy that books shows there and he does it at a few different venues and he advertises that there's a show, says you go you get your tickets at, at, at such and such place, like a record store or whatever. You get your tickets. Then there's a phone number you call on that ticket, and he will tell you where the show is. And thereby keeping the riffraff out and keeping you know the powers that be that don't want you know shows to go on or whatever, or they want certain types of shows to go on and don't want other types to go on. So that was pre-COVID, and he had a lot. the guys had a lot of success with that. And it's, it's kept the hardcore scene in Richmond, Virginia, very, very strong. And I kind of think that in a weird way that that is going to be more the norm in a lot of places. And I really think that um, the big thing that a lot of bigger bands are fearing and smaller bands uh, are fearing at the exact same time is these venues go, okay, we can book shows. Okay, we're not going to book this for local bands on a Wednesday night for $5, you know, for $5 and quarter beers 
we're going to only book these ginormous tours that come through because the venue's got to fucking make money. So I think local bands and smaller touring bands are going to have a harder time booking shows Mm -hmm. because the venues that really want to capitalize on live music are going to opt for more of the sure thing, the better ticket sale, the better bar money. You know what I mean? I think, and I think that's, isn't that, isn't that, that's just sort of an extension of where we were at anyway. It really is. The, the, the pay to play trend is, Mm. is rampant. Yeah. You know, throughout, throughout second and third tier bands, you know, it's just, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I understand like, We've talked about this on older episodes of the Music the Lightblood podcast that, you know, uh, it's from from a musician standpoint, it's real fucking frustrating. It's yeah. really frustrating. But from a promoter standpoint, who could be putting up a a substantial amount of money to get to to pay the guarantee for the headliner, uh, you know, to if it's a rented hall, whatever the case is, you know, PA and all just all that other crap. I understand why promoters do that, but, but I'm the, my biggest concern is the, the life, the, the long-term life of, uh, what we would traditionally call independent music, you know, the the quote unquote underground, but I mean, the, the internet sort of leveled that, you know, just, so just kind of bear with me, you know, using, using that terminology, but I, I, I'm more concerned about. We, we have a lot of bands, you know, lower, third, second, and third tier bands that they're a working band and they need money coming in mm-hmm. on the regular because that's their that's their job. That's that's what they do. You know, yeah. a lot of the bands I talk about on Vinyl Thursday are at that level. And if they're not doing something consistently, it's going to get rough for them. You know, it's yep. not it's not with a band like. You know, we all, you know, we always toss out those sort of old Megalodon bands all the time on here, you know, Kiss and Foo Fighters and Queen and, you know, just all of those bands that they're not, the money's not going to dry up, you know, yeah. for them. But those lower level bands, it's what my, my fear, my fear is that they're not going to make it through they're one they what one they didn't make it through last year and they're they have no chance no hope in hell to to be able to make it through this year too so i think you had mentioned live streams and you know kiss <laughs> it's funny because everything comes back to kiss with you and i kiss, <laughs> kiss did that kiss did that that uh the end of the year bash from dubai um, oh you mean the, the infomercial the come shop in dubai infomercial that they did <laughs> Yeah. Did you watch it? I watched the fucking pre-show on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. And wow. I didn't, yeah, it I, was. Yeah. It's I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure they cut them some sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of a financial break to be able to do that. So the the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. G- given given some of, you know, some of the things you hear about Dubai as a country and 
how they treat some of their citizens. I'm a little, uh, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's, it's one of the, it's one of those things, but <laughs> okay, man, you know, that's what you want to do. Go do I'm, it. I but, might, I might move here. I think I'm, I'm thinking of moving here. Me and Paul were talking earlier. I'm like, fuck, shut up. Really? Right. Yeah. Right. No, you're not. You know, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. It's the, the, you know, the, the live stream thing. Cause I watched, um, I watched Venom Inc. Um, a live stream couple weeks ago and venom inc is fucking tight you know tony and and uh manta mantos and their drummer's not abaddon anymore um it's it's a newer guy but josh (laughs) freeze it's always josh freeze (laughs) mike portnoy (laughs) Uh, i can't (laughs) yeah um but the venom they were tight and if you were just listening to it, that that would have that would have been great. It, awesome. that, that absolutely would have been amazing. But the video, <laughs> you know, because there's there's not there's no production value to it. It's literally Venom just standing there playing Venom stuff. You yeah, know, d- uh, down. I think Down and Crowbar did one recently. Obituary did one. Obituary right. did like slow, slowly we rot in its entirety, and. Like I've, I'm, I love obituary, but like I couldn't bring myself to watch it because to me it, it's gonna look like a bunch of dudes from you know the south, you know in in fucking like NASCAR baseball you know baseball caps and fucking you know baggy t-shirts rocking out in the garage is right. totally what I fucking figured. <laughs> it seemed like it was gonna. I mean, it was, it was probably amazing. It was probably awesome. Right. Multi cameras, but it's just kind of like. I don't know. I just, I couldn't bring myself in. I know people that watch the, uh, the Mr. Bungle, um, uh, Halloween thing. Right. Sure. And sure. our, our friend Eric Tran watched it and said it was amazing, but I just couldn't bring myself to, to watch it. You know what I mean? I just, I, I don't, it's because I, I, guess, I think it's, I think it's no different than, uh, the, the thing about it not being quote unquote live you, or you being in the situation of actually seeing the band in front of you play, you know, what it do, whatever it is that they're doing, is that all the other stuff that's happening in the live setting is what it's all things that funnel into mm-hmm. the experience you're going to have in tandem with watching and listening to the band. Yep. You know, the, the, you know, being able to walk over to the merch table and look at what they got. That's mm-hmm. not this. That's not the same. It's 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 not the same. Just pulling up their online store, you know, yeah. and looking at their Bandcamp merch, you know, that sort of thing. So there's something to be desired. Obviously. Well, that, sometimes, yeah. yeah, the crowd is the show. Sometimes, man. Sometimes, and, I, yeah. and I'm not just yeah. talking about the bullshit yeah. hardcore horseshoe where there, you know, where everybody fucking makes a fucking <laughs> crescent moon, you know, right. thirty feet from the stage. I'm talking about like, you know, if, if you know if somebody. You know, they hand the mic to someone, they sing along or whatever, or somebody, right. you know, s- says something back and forth to the guy on stage, you know, um, just, just there's shit going on in the crowd yeah. while the band's on stage that makes it fucking fun. And I mean, think about how many concert uh, DVDs or VHS as you've seen over the years where they pan to the crowd. Yeah. Because, wow, check out, look yeah. at what the crowd's doing. Yeah. They're awesome too. And it's, know? that's, that's ultimately with, with these live streams, that's what's, uh, that's what's missing. That's mm-hmm. the that's the sort of X factor that's not there. Now that said, some bands, I think some bands lend themselves to being able to be perfect for that format. You know, bands with you know 
overtly techy and proggy, you know, notions about the music they write, like your Arch Spire or um, uh, Between the Buried and Me. You know, if you can get close-ups of of what everyone in Between the Buried and Me is doing, that's that kind of goes along with their fan base because they're all sort of jacked into that anyway. You know, mm-hmm. they're 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 a musicians band, so to speak. You know, you know what that reminds me of real quickly is um, when bands, and I've been guilty of it too in the past. Bands take promo shot, promo action shots at, at band practice, not like on stage. <laughs> Right. But like you know, this is you know this is the drummer like this, and the fucking <laughs> the you know the the bass players jumping, or the singers like ah, it's like at your band practice. So it's just kind of no, it's yeah, you know, it's cool that you're getting into it and you look cool in the posing. But it's just like so I, I kind of think about that with like the live stream. It's just kind of like okay, so if that takes over as the number one, it, you know, people aren't going to look at a photo and feel what's going on in that picture. You know, right. like when someone's stage diving over someone's head or some shit. You know, the the. I, I just think it's, I mean, it's obviously an imperfect, it's an imperfect, you know, medium to, mm. for them to try to, you know, push whatever it is that they're doing. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's so interesting about it. Cause I think it, it'll work for some bands. It won't for other bands. So I, I kind of wonder, you know, because we've seen that, that big explosion of, of bands just doing video blogs or video posts and hey guys it's boy <laughs> hey guys covid day number 300 uh, let me tell you about this chord progression you know it's all oh. it's all and that stuff's cool i think one of the you know everything's about kiss with you and i it's just always kiss but bruce kulik you know play guitar for kiss through the 80s and early 90s Bruce has been posting these these videos to his YouTube and his social media of him just talking about significant dates or a guitar or whatever. And Bruce, I love Bruce. I love Bruce. Like Bruce is one of my most favorite guitar players ever to walk the earth. He's absolutely incredible. But some of the videos, it almost feels like he's a teacher talking to a kindergartner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's very like his words are very measured. You can tell he he doesn't want to be stuttering and stammering and tripping over his words. And and then on top of that, too, just his the things that he emphasizes. It's so interesting because it's it's equally it's like watching Mr. Rogers. It's (laughs) it's equally wholesome, but uh, equally wholesome and informative. You know what I mean? (laughs) So he's done awesome with it. I mean, I think his content has been fucking great and it's what's cool is a lot i mean over the years people haven't really gotten a chance to really kind of spend a whole lot of time with bruce they get snippets and you know yep. in uh in, yep. in interviews and they'll refer to him here and there and he'll pop up on some kiss podcasts but like if you're i mean we're both big bruce fans and i, I haven't watched every single one of them but i watched a lot of them and it's cool because it's just sort of like you get a little bit of him growing up and you're like, well, I mean, dude, you just, like you said, he's very measured. He's, you know, he's just like, he's, he is a consummate professional. I mean, he's just, there's a reason why he made kiss better when he played guitar for him. And it's just in so many ways, you know, and then, and the flip side, you get Paul Stanley, like uh, locked up in his guest house, you know, with, with his, with his stuff. Oh my God. Today we're going to go over love gun. Okay. (laughs) You know, and it's just, it was, it was funny as fuck because it's just like after, like after about four or five, uh, you know, 
of his uh, Instagram live videos, I'm just kind of like, dude, go outside, man, please. <laughs> it was rough. Right, right. I think I would love Bruce is just one of those guys where, you know, you just want Bruce to you just once want to hear him say like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just just sort of lose it for just a second, just a minute, you know, like drop a guitar and be like, oh, fuck, I can't. Goddamn guitar broke, you know, and cuss for a minute. And then he's back to being, you know, you know, professional Bruce. It's like it's it's like high on my bucket list. See Bruce out of control. Yeah, like yelling at his yeah. dog or fucking telling his wife to turn the TV down. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'd be incredible. Well, I th I think that the I mean it's I I want there there's so many bands. I think it's almost with there's a whole generation of bands that it's it's untapped potential because I think the bands that will get the most traction out of doing stuff like making these social media posts and things like that have no fucking clue how to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Bobby Blotzer. You know, <laughs> like Bob it's always Bobby Blotzer, like like he 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 ran a mutiny on Warren, Steven, and uh Carlos and um two my forgetting. Oh, I got everybody. I got Robin's everybody. dead, so <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but Bobby ran a mutiny on him, was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go keep playing shows as rat, and you guys are gonna have to <laughs> fucking kiss my ass. Like mm. I, and lawsuits and all that stuff. Like it'd just be great to get like Bobby Blotzer, you know, sitting by his pool and just be like, let me tell you about this time Steven was an absolute cock dicker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, or or just like a humorous, a humorous anecdote. Cause you never hear that stuff from them. Like, you know, it, those bands, they're they're from that generation of bands where social media doesn't click with them mm -hmm. you know oh it's, yeah it, it and it's just lost potential you know what i mean it's do, do you know who's doing who does it right and, it, and this was pre-covid and he actually um obviously kept it going or whatever but like zetro from exodus mm. he, he's got a show on youtube that's fucking awesome it's really yep. good it's uh, it's you know it, it's a talk show he's talked to everybody from lars Fredrickson, you know to fucking rat skates from overkill I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a really cool thing, and what's what it's good seeing older guys like that really embrace, um, you know, what what's available te technology wise online, YouTube, and everything. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And you're absolutely right. People do want to hear, hey, oh my God, you know what? On the Detonator tour, this and this happened, blah 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 blah. Because right. podcasts are super popular nowadays. People want you know want to hear people come on there and tell stories of back in the day. People are putting out books. And for these guys to go, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and bring you, you know, rat version 4.0 and 4.0 B and C and what, and whatnot. And it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you guys aren't putting out any fucking new music at all. Right. So, and, and not everybody really, not everybody reads books. So if you gave us like a constant, like update on what's going on and an inside to what, you know, what's happening, it's kind of like, you know, with with that era of music, I think there's a certain element of kayfabe. You know what I mean? Sure. sure and I think that sure. there's some older guys that are like, wait a minute, the whole time they said that fucking, you know, that that, that guy was fucking Stephen Piercy's brother. Turns out he was just the fucking manager. Well, you know, we figured it'd make the story better because, again, Kiss were famous for 
telling a different version of history all through yeah. the 80s and 90s. I've got Kiss magazines um, that came out like in the late 80s, early 90s with interviews and they tell the, the backstories or whatever. And then you watch, um, you know, uh, uh, kiss, uh, kiss My Ass or whatever, that, uh, that, that, and Kiss uh, Confidential or Exposed or, or not Exposed. But anyway, some of their later stuff like that. And they tell a different version of the story. And then you hear them talking about the same thing about five years ago. And then, okay, well, like, okay, well, this is really what happened with Peter. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and they, they were like doing the whole thing. Well, yeah, Peter and Ace were like best of friends. Yeah. They would hang out and do their yeah. thing. And you're yeah. like, just, so I think that certain people that worship these 70s and 80s rock bands, their older fans, they want, they don't, they don't want to see too much of the inside baseball, but, but at the same time they do but it's the bands that don't want them to see the inside baseball. Yeah. It's what, it's what I always call it. The Osborne's effect. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the Osborne's that reality show mm -hmm. demystified Ozzy. And after that post the Osborne's, we think of Ozzy very differently. It's easy to like Dio Sabbath better than Ozzy Sabbath after all that. Yep. Like for yep. real. Yep. Exactly. So I think I, I saw, which is which is interesting because the, you know, the sort of the the biology of how social media works and affects people. You know, social media, the vast majority of people on it, they cultivate a persona. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're cultivating a persona, and especially for young people, it's interesting. Persona is Latin for mask. <laughs> You know, yeah. That should tell you every fucking thing you need to know about mm -hmm. how social media works. And I think like you, like, like we were talking about, there's, you know, Ozzy being demystified. The, a lot of these bands, like, <laughs> you know, there, there's certain bands that if they were to do it and just kind of let it all hang out, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. they, they lose, they lose some of their rock god power. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? You know, I remember um, uh, after Lemmy passed away, Henry Rollins talking about one of the last times that he interacted with Lemmy, and I think it was from one of uh, Henry's spoken word shows. Something I I can't remember where I heard it, but but uh Lemmy had invited Henry onto the bus and Henry came in and you know hung out and visited for a while and Lemmy was like why don't you stay for a little bit listen to you know listen to some music with me or you know whatever the case is and Henry had commented like no I got I got to get going and Henry had felt like a sort of like profound sense of sadness for Lemmy because he felt like he was seeing loneliness uh. um, and it, it's kind of that you know what I yeah. mean that it's it's always I think for us it always feels like a letdown when you find when you find out your guy isn't a rock god he's just sort of a you know just a regular dude mm -hmm. you know what I mean but at the other there's there's sometimes where that enhances things you know I think you know social media <laughs> it's funny because uh, Glenn Danzig his girlfriend um, her name's Ashley and. Uh, she's, I think she's Ashley Michelle wisdom on Instagram. I don't know if it's Michelle or how, I don't know if that's a stylized version of Michael because the bass player from the Bengals, her name was Michael too. So I don't, I don't know, but, um, Ashley posted a picture of Glenn sitting on the floor 
Yeah, I saw that. By the Christmas tree, wrapping presents. And he he was barefoot, just fucking focusing on wrapping a present. And for me, for me, I was like, you know, it it gets posted in, you know, some of the online groups and things like that. And people kind of have their sport with it, you know. And, you know, I chimed in on it and, you know, I said, he's fucking in love. You know what I mean? He's 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 a he's a man just like anybody else. Let him do his thing. He's he's 70 years old now or whatever it is. He's worked his ass off. Let him enjoy his fucking hot girlfriend and hanging out with her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's sometimes it works in their advantage. Sometimes it works to their disadvantage. But I think more moreover, sometimes the rock stars, the sort of internal bullshit that they have to get through to be able to be okay with it doing it and uh and the people you know kind of let people peer in is i think the bigger hump for a lot of them or at least with that generation of bands because now we're we're full on into a a couple generations of bands that has always had the internet around and they they know how to manipulate it really well so i you know as it relates to how bands be bands going forward you know in this sort of if the live stream thing is going to be something that they go with, some bands are going to have to put some production value into it because you have the you have the missing context of all the sweaty other people at the show, the pit, you know, people falling over the barricade and stage diving and, you know, fog machines and just all of that stuff, because that all adds up to something, you know, I watched a, um, uh, a skeleton witch set from St. Vitus Bar. I think that's where they do the two minutes to late night. That's where they tape that. But St. Vitus seems to record most of their shows because it winds up on YouTube usually. Um, but I watched a, a set from Skeleton Witch and fucking tight. You know, the Adam, the Adam lineup of Skeleton Witch is one of my most favorite bands ever to walk the earth. They they sounded great. They were spot on. And then I and then I immediately thought of going to see Skeleton Witch at the Hi-Fi here in Indianapolis with Jake a couple years ago. And I went, I don't want to watch that now. Mm, yeah. Because because I don't feel the thump of of Evan's bass, his Rickenbacker, or or seeing or seeing Nate rock back and forth the way he does with his kind of big belly and his beard, you know, bouncing up and down and Adam. You know, he looks like a, you know, like a, a black and thrash version of Jesus. You know what I mean? Like you miss, you you miss out on all that. And I think for for Uber fans, audiophiles like you and I are, I think sometimes we're going to be, it's going to leave us wanting mm-hmm. as far as watching them play music, you know, doing it in like a mock show setting, that sort of thing. But at the same time, too, I think that, like I had mentioned, the omni-channel approach where you're putting out different, you know, prongs of whatever your thing is, whether it's like guitar tutorials or how I wrote this song or or check out, you know, how we recorded this, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever the case is. That's all f- awesome. But I think it always comes back to because we listen to the bands we do because of the music that they make, you know, mm-hmm. and if you, if you can find a way to, 
to get us pulled into that music via that omni-channel thing, it's it's gonna it's gonna help bands survive. And I just don't see, you know, it feels like to me because we're in January 2021, we're locked into this shit for another little while, whether we like it or not, whether we agree or we don't, you know, with what's going on we're locked into this for a little while longer. And I'm starting to wonder if we'll start seeing streaming tours. Yeah. And they've actually um, already doing streaming tours. There's actually, I've seen tour dates pop up online and what's literally going on is these people have gone to a handful of different venues in different places. Sure. And, and see what, what, what I was thinking about what I've been doing is going on YouTube and watching the uh old like the old home home videos that bands would would put together it'd be like live footage they'd it'd be like you know three songs and then it would show like some backstage shit or some funny shit on the road or whatever like um i watched the uh uh, di- uh dismember um uh, d- d- uh dvd from like 2009 it was like uh like, like death metal and mental illness or whatever it was, it's called and it, it's it's like the companion to the live concert that they put out right and uh, um, people have argued that the the companion piece with like the just the the, the interviews and then and then the the backstage fuck around stuff uh, it was it was really really it's better than the actual concert DVD sure. or whatever. And I thought about it, and it's just kind of like kind of back to what you said before. There's a whole experience of a show, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like you, it's not just okay. Uh, band starts now. We watch the band. Their sets over. Now we go home. It's like you know, you get there a little bit earlier. You, like you said, you go to the merch table and like the yeah. last show that I went to in March, the band that I went to go see was chilling at the merch table. And I was like, Hey, I've been wanting to see you guys for a while. This is awesome or whatever. And I engaged with the band or whatever. They weren't like, you know, rock stars or whatever, but it's just a band that like they, they were a group of guys that were in a, a band before that I really, really liked. And I liked their new project. So they ended up, the singer ended up giving me the seven inch of his old band, just the last one that he had in the merch box and that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then like the banter um, that you have with someone standing in the crowd between, you know, between shows or like, Hey, where are we going to, where are we going to go eat after the show? You know what I mean? Or like, if you're going to hang out with the band fucking around and like, you know, you and I, you know, we don't, don't drink, but like the, the, the drunken shenanigans that go on like after the show and all that kind of thing. And that, that, that dismember uh, DVD that, that was on YouTube. Um, it like, it showed all of that stuff that you're missing out on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. And then I watched like Napalm Death uh, Har- uh, Live Corruption VHS from way back in the day. And that's just stage dive after stage dive after stage dive. You oh can, yeah. It's like, you can smell Shane Embry watching yeah. that fucking thing. You know, yeah, it's, it's like, being, like, it's like being at a gorilla biscuit show, you know? Totally. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, like that, uh, that, you know, the, the, the British, you know, grindcore scene and death metal scene was very much like the hardcore scene back then, you know? Yeah. And, and not that, you know, I mean, not for nothing, but like a lot of hardcore shows that go on, it is all about that, moment that yeah. fucking moment yeah you don't have your phone i mean yeah. people it's there's there's a certain element of danger with stage diving some dickheads in the back wanting to fight for some fucking reason you know what i mean the the the, the singer being just as, as as accessible to you as anybody else in the crowd you know what i mean i, I went and uh i went and saw um a judge and youth of today 
um, uh, about, I think it was uh, last February. And uh, I got to meet guys that I grew up as a young person. I hate using the term sure. worshiping, but really, really looked up to that. I thought I would never, I met Walter Schreifels from Youth of Today in Quicksand. You know, I just walked up on the stage while he was uh, tearing down his bass gear. I said, look, dude, um, Quicksand Slip changed my fucking life. Thank you for everything you've done, dude. And we had this awesome conversation. And Ray, Ray Capo from Youth of Today, um, you know, I've always wanted to meet him. We had a good conversation, you know, and it's just like, and Judge was playing that night, and Mike Judge couldn't be there because his wife was sick. So Porcel from Music Today and Judge sang the whole show. That fucking being there that night, witnessing hardcore history with Porcel singing for fucking Judge, you can't fucking you can you can't trade that for any fucking thing, dude. You know what I mean? And then the last show that I went to was uh, Toke and Raw Hex in, in Wilmington. Um, you know and you know, and departed played as well. And it was just this great mixed bill show of, you know, black, blackened fucking death metal punk True. stoner doom and, and death metal. And it was fucking phenomenal. And it was just kind of like when I was watching that, you know, napalm death, you know, and watching that dismember, it reminded me, it's just like, there's so much more to a live show than just the band on stage. Yeah. Hands down. Would you, because I, I keep thinking about bands doing, um, because you can't do meet and greets, but could you do a, could you do a chat, you know? Would they, you? They, they do that already. They fucking already do that, dude. Like, um, uh, dude from Stained, Aaron, Aaron Lewis. Oh, uh, okay. Right he on. had one, some guy was calling in on the Eddie Trunk show saying that his ticket for the kiss in Dubai thing was $50 and a fucking online zoom meet and greet that he got for a friend of his with Aaron Lewis was $75. What the fuck dude? you're sitting there on zoom, letting that just talking, having Aaron Lewis talk at you on a yeah. screen. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, well, I think I, it's bullshit. <laughs> well, uh, but it may not be to an Uber fan, an Uber stain fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but, would you would you pay would you pay seventy five bucks to sit and bullshit with Ace Freely for ten no, minutes on Skype? Never. Yeah, I would never. neither. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, or Bruce? Would you pay? For, I'd pay for Bruce for sure. I would pay for a guitar lesson from Bruce. Okay. Not like because you, you you've heard these things called the cameos, right? right? Where people, you know, it'd be like a cameo. It's like, hey, what's up? Happy birthday. Uh. John, um, <laughs> how's everything going? Hey, right. right. I, yeah. I think it, I mean, for, for some Uber fans, you know, for like a 16 year old kid, that's totally into that band, you know, mm -hmm. that might be worth it for them. You know, oh. when, when, when I was, when I was 15, 16 and somebody would have told me that you can get on, you know, you can have a video call with Johnny Ramone for a hundred bucks, I'd fucking find a way to get that hundred bucks. You know, I, I think, I think you're right back then pre-internet. I think, I think to a certain degree, I think I've been desensitized to the whole, because you um, have that, you have, you have a lot of unfettered access yeah. to people via, via social media and stuff like that. Plus mm -hmm. you also have, you also have 40 some years of road behind you, you True. know, that, that really kind of gives you perspective on whether that's a good, 
a good yeah. way to spend your money. <laughs> yeah, a 16-year-old kid talking to Ivan Moody for $75 on Zoom <laughs> that, 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 that has never been to a show in his entire life yeah. that fucking loves Five Finger Death Punch. Right. That's probably the single greatest thing that's ever fucking happened to him. Right, right. And then in five years, he's going to be like, Wow, remember that lame-ass fucking video call I had with that dude from that one band I can't remember? Um, <laughs> since then, I've gone to fucking Coachella. Since then, I've started my own band, and I fucking met Dave Grohl, and he bought me a slice of pizza. You know what I mean? It, right. just, it, it, goes from, it, it only can progress from there if you really love it. So, yeah, it's, it has its place for a lot of people in certain times in your life. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I mean, I do, too. The, you know, I think of, I think of Doyle. Um, Doyle the band featuring Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein <laughs> you know, on guitar and Alex Story on, on vocals. But I think of Doyle the band because uh, they they do those meet and greets, you know, and I've been to a couple and it was awesome. It was awesome. That's totally worth 50 bucks for me. Yeah. You know, that that is a hundred that is a hundred percent worth fifty dollars to me and more than likely to the fucking misfits or cancer slug Uber fan, that's gonna be just as great. Because the reason it was great is because it wasn't just sort of like a cattle call where they're shoving you through, yeah. you know, like an assembly line to where you just sort of mill past the band as they're signing pictures and not even looking at you. You're talking about the in real life meet and greets right yeah yeah okay yeah yeah so if i you know if i'm that 16 17 18 year old uber cancer slug fan having a having a 10 minute zoom call with alex that might be huge that might mm -hmm. be huge for them you know what i mean and i try to you know because music the light blood we we sort of embrace the snob the snob quality that, that a lot of us have when it comes to metal and punk rock because we fucking make fun of bands. We make fun of bands and we make fun of your taste in music mm -hmm. and we make fun of his taste in music. You know what I mean? That's that's part of the fun of being like a punk rock or metal fan. There's some... Well, and we make fun of the stuff we ripping. like. We yeah, make, exactly. We make fun of our own yes. favorite bands too. Yes. I, there's no sacred cows with us. Right, exactly. So uh, look, I'm not... I'm For me... I, I wouldn't be embarrassed to say, like, if if I could get on a Zoom call for 15 minutes with Glenn Danzig for 100 bucks. Yeah, I'd turn into Chris Farley. Remember <laughs> when you were saying green hell? That was awesome. <laughs> right. No, I know. I got my questions. I got, I got, I got all my questions ready to go. So I have I have a handful of things that I want to talk to him about. So. <laughs> I, I I know what my first one would be. I know if I got more time, I know what the follow-up is. I know what the third one is. I know what the fourth, I know exactly. It's like checking off gro a grocery list. All right, I got that one in. Next one, next one. I would want a hug. I'd want to, I'd just like, I, I, if I saw him, I'd just, I'd want a Danzig hug. That's, right. that's the number one thing I'd want. <laughs> I mean, if if some of the pictures that his girlfriend is putting up on Instagram is is indicative of his level of cuddliness, I I think it's possible. Do you know what's funny? It, there's actually like an incredible amount of people over the years since I since I since I started really going to shows like a you know just really big time into it since I was like 16. I've actually hugged. A lot of my 
favorite musicians. Sure. It's, you know, if you really think about that, you're just kind of like, did that, you know, it's, you know, you, you see a friend, you know, you walk up to a friend, you know, you might do the whole like, you know, clasp hands, pull them close kind of deal or whatever, you know, but I've actually had like people that I've, you know, had the pleasure of meeting, you know, in bands just, you know, Hey, what's going on? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And then just give me a hug or whatever. I'm just sitting here going, it's just so like, I, I always, I always kind of think about sometimes like, was there like a, a Highlander type quickening that happened? You know, it's just kind of like, is that why I love music so much to just kind of right, hey, get, right. you know, this, I'm going to go, this right. is why you love this. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just right. kind of like, you know, and I, I, and I, and that's probably why I think the whole streaming thing, it, you know, or, or an uh, online phone conference with, with a, a person in a band is, is kind of horse shit from my experience, from right. what I've experienced in life. You know what I mean? Cause it's just kind of like, you know, I, I mean, there's people that I know that it's, it's as weird as it sounds that I've grown up with, that I've gotten to be good friends with over the years that uh, um, have done really, really good things and been successful and they're just like just random dude that i've you know probably you know seen throwing up in a toilet or walked but, in on having sex with their the, girlfriend but the, people worship i know people that would fucking would die to know that person i'm not yeah, talking super the, famous the, just, well, just the people thing, the the thing to think about is that that you know with stuff like paid paid zoom calls and and meet and greets and things like that the thing to think about is that you've in a way you've been desensitized because you've, you've had that experience over and both of us have, Yeah, you know, from the, the, the interviews I've done for music, the Lightblood, you know, in, in the misfits, Danzig, Sam Haim realm alone, you know, if you would, if me now would have walked up to 17 year old me and just flipped through my phone contacts in front of me, I'd have a fucking coronary. Yeah. I, I wouldn't believe it. So there's, you and I, you and I not being like, uh, about meeting someone that, you know, whose art we were, we have high regard for. We're the minority. Mm -hmm. we're, we're the minority. Most people don't get to interact with the musicians that they, that they idolize. So it's, it's a different thing. So desensitized or, you know, you, you have a cynical streak. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, you, it's not it's not overwhelming, but you have a bit of a cynical streak. And I think me, too, to a degree that that we're like, I don't want to talk to that guy. Yeah. But for, for me, it's like, you know, I, I remember I remember being at a Danzig show 20 whatever years ago and seeing Tommy Victor, you know, and I wanted to I was like, hey, it's Tommy Victor. I'm like, I'll leave him alone. Yeah. What would you say? You know what I mean? That, that's that's my thing. I've gone up to people when I was like in my, you know, my mid to late teens at shows and I'm like, oh, that's, that's a dude in that band. I'm going to go talk to him. Didn't, I didn't have anything ready to say. And I remember I, I walked up to Henry Rollins. I saw Rollins band and tool um, at a place in Omaha, a small bar. And Henry Rollins was just sitting out on this retaining wall. Just nobody was talking to him. People were just kind of encircling and there was like little groups over here or whatever. And I know that back in the day, he liked to just walk around and just meet people, you know, and Rollins sure. band. I walked up to him and I'm like, so what book would you recommend first of yours after I'd already read like fucking like four or five of them already? You know what I mean? And he was just like, well, uh, what do you, you know, what are you, what are you into? Whatever, you know, what do you, what do you kind of want or whatever? And he kind of told me, you want to, you want to get pissing in the gene pool and blah, blah, blah. 
I remember a little bit, but it was in a weird way. It was, it was a lame conversation, dude, because I led with, I led with a fucking totally mundane question (laughs) and I didn't want to, and halfway through the conversation, I'm sitting here going, I didn't want to hear him just talk about his books. I wanted to hear black flag stories. I wanted to fucking whatever. And, and it didn't turn me off on Rollins whatsoever, but I'm sitting there going, it's just kind of like, what the fuck's the point meeting these people? If a, I don't really know them. B, I don't have any super in-depth fucking, like I've always wanted to know this. Yeah. There are some artists. Like I always wanted to know such and such, but I'm like, Hey, look at that's fucking that's, that's Rob zombie. Hey, let's, fucking Les Claypool over there. That's awesome. Cool. We're getting ready to see, you know, or just some shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, I'm in the same room with this person that I, I have them on my wall. Right. To me, it's just because, because I've made an ass of myself, you know, with different, with different, you know, people. Like when I was a teenager, <laughs> right. You know, I, I remember when I fucking first saw sick of it all. And I went to Craig Satari, the bass player, one of my favorite fucking bass players ever. And I remember seeing him playing bass for agnostic front about four years earlier. And I go up to him and and the album they had out at the time, Scratch the Surface, they worked with Garth, the guy who fucking worked with Raging Against the Machine, right? So I'm sit, I'm going, he's just sitting on the side of the stage and I'm just like, so what was it like working with Garth? And he's just like, whatever. And fucking got up and walked away from me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm never talking to another person in a fucking band, you know? So it's just, but what's really cool though is over time, being in bands myself and kind of like touring and doing shit or whatever i'm like okay hey what's going on i'll, I'll see fucking uh somebody from, from at the drive-in because they spend a lot of time in my hometown we have a lot of mutual friends and like i fucking i, I saw um uh I, I saw uh omar from at the drive-in at a melvin show a couple of years ago I'm like hey what's going on man blah 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 you know and i asked him how his mom was and this this and this or whatever and i'm like okay and i thought about it. I'm like you know what that's awesome i got to see someone i hadn't seen in 15 fucking years and I actually had a legitimate, I was concerned. I, you know, we, we had a great, because we have a history, you know, yeah. we've, you know, we've played a, back in the day, my, my old band, we played some shows with them and shit like that. So it's just kind of like, you know, I wasn't fanboying, you know, and, and that's where it hit me. I'm just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a whole weird thing. Cause they are just fucking people. They yeah. are just. And humans. that's, that, that's the trick of it. If you want to have a good, comfortable, positive interaction with people, mm-hmm. don't fucking freak out. And the fact that they are just people kind of makes it like, well, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I meant for me more often than more often than not, I was like, ah, he's doing something. I'm going to leave him alone. Yeah. I mean, we got to play uh locomotive gun uh, or no, I'm sorry. Down to this. We, we got to open up for, um, for Soulfly when they were doing the nail bomb. Uh, thing right fucking amazing i mean you know mark rizzo was there and uh um you know he had his, his son on drums and stuff like that or whatever i didn't get to meet um max cavalera you know um i didn't get to meet you know mark rizzo but i got to meet his uh sons max cavalera's awesome kids hung out and talked to them for a long time about music and fucking stupid yeah. movies and shit it was cool because it was a hang they go on stage and like, oh shit! I didn't know that that was fucking Max Cavalera's kids. You know what I'm saying? Right. I like when an, an organic, you know, meet an organic meet cute happens. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it's cool because it's just like, and that's you know, it. I mean, that's the thing. That's sort of the, that's the thing about you know, like online meet and greets. You know what I mean? Like it's just not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Eh. You know, is it an acceptable substitute? It probably will be for somebody. Yeah. But the I think the key would to get the band to, you know, 
because their time, you know, part of their job is sometimes interacting with fans, you know, to make sure that they're getting the most the fan is getting the most out of their time that the, the musician is getting the most out of the money. Yeah. And that sort of thing, because you can't like, you know, you wouldn't want to get on a, on a zoom call with Max Cavalera. You get 10 minutes with him and you'd be like, so how come you and Andreas don't like each other? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's going to go, it's going to go south. So to make sure that you're going to have a good interaction, that's, I mean, just sort of, a good rule of thumb, whether it's on the phone, a video, mm -hmm. or in person, is just don't act like a spaz. Well, know? the number one thing is you need an icebreaker, right? You need some kind of reason. Because I've, I've gone up to people that I've always wanted to talk to, you know, or just people that I just respect or whatever. And if I don't have a fucking, like, icebreaker, other than, how's it going, man? You know what I mean? It's whatever. Right. Like, it's funny, because uh, as a guy that I know that he did an online guitar lesson with the guitar player from... Uh, from Fear Factory, not not Dino Cazares, but uh, Christian Olwolbers or whatever his name is. Oh, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. The, the other dude. And what we, he said, it was awesome because he he gave him a good lesson. But then all of a sudden, they started bullshitting, and he was opening up about all this fucking stuff that he should not be telling a random <laughs> person online about right. Fear Factory. Right. And he goes, dude, he fucking told me this, this, and this. And I'm just, I mean, yeah. that's that's cool. He had a jump off point with a guitar lesson, right? Right, right. You know, I don't want, because right. these, these rock stars are these people that do cameos or do these online things. They're so used to people going, dude, your, your music changed my life. You said, I was going to commit suicide. Then I fucking, I listened to fucking, you know, destroy everything. And then and Hate Breed was there for me, but I almost killed myself. You know, Jamie Jossie hears that shit every fucking day. You know, he's, he's got people with their fucking lyrics tattooed on their arm, this, this, and this. And it's just kind of, I guess the reason why I'm not down with it is because I'm sitting here going, it's just like, unless I have something of value to offer the other person in the conversation, yep. I'm not going to fucking bother. They're not yeah. going to give a fuck about me. <laughs> I mean, everybody, I mean, all musicians and fans, they all look at it differently on both sides of the coin. But yeah, I think the. <laughs> I remember the, I remember the first time I came into contact with Doyle mm -hmm. and he was on the phone and I was just walking by and I looked and I went, Hey, that's Doyle without makeup on <laughs> in, in sweatpants, you know, <laughs> and he's, and I went, Hey Doyle, what's up? And just kept going <laughs> because I knew. <laughs> Like you have to, you have to be able to gauge if it's an appropriate time to go in. Exactly. Because, and most people, because their oh shit meter flies off, you know, into the red and they go, oh my God, this is going to be my only opportunity be like, well, maybe it's not a good thing. You don't want to be a, they, they call them punishers. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. funny because it's just kind of like, um, you hear these stories about the guy that just happens to get backstage with such and such band and he's the punisher. That's just kind of like, just won't leave the guy alone. You know, and these people that are fucking doing these online or these, these zoom meet and greets or whatever, they're taking the risk of a punisher, but like, you know what? This, mother <laughs> this motherfucker paid me money to ask me bullshit questions and punish me for 15 minutes. So, I have to endure it because I'm not playing shows. I got to fucking pay bills somehow. So right. go ahead and ask me the same question about such and such song over and over again. I mean, if they have a refund policy, I mean, maybe, mm. maybe it's time to kick it in, you know? Yeah. I, I think like it was funny that you mentioned that, you know, the guy on the, on the call with the fear factory guy, 
you know, saying like, oh my God, he, you know, let the floodgates open on some stuff. Like I've had that, like doing interviews. I did one a couple of years ago and I, th- there was a big, oh shit moment in there. I'm rem- I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> and, you, you and still haven't told me what you heard, by the way. So for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, 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 it was, it was a big one. It was a big one. And we just kept moving. Just kept yeah. moving. Just kept moving. And I was like, okay, <laughs> write, writing a note about that down. And I got to the video, the editing it, and I and I said, I said to myself, I'm gonna take that out. <laughs> 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 like I can't comfortably leave that in. That's Mm-mm. that's gonna cause a problem. <laughs> so yeah. yoink, you know, take <laughs> it out. So there's I can't imagine if you were doing like zoom zoom calls with fans and just so you get the musician on a bad day and he, you know, maybe had a couple of drinks and he lets something fly. And then all of a sudden, you know, metal sucks and blabbermouth have, have something that they, you don't want them to have at that time. So God, imagine, imagine a, a cameo with Rob Flynn or something, you know what I mean? That, that fucking, <laughs> he would just, wow. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. He, would, he would go on. Cause I mean, he's notorious for being extremely candid. You know what I mean? Right. So, I mean, it's, I mean, and like I said, that may, maybe that's depending on the person. Let's say if someone goes, dude, I get a fucking, I get a 15 minute com- conversation with fucking Phil and Selmo. Here we go. Record. You know what I mean? So yeah. he's going he's gonna to say some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be worth the price of admission. You know? <laughs> ah, yeah. If, I mean, if I was going to, I would, you know, if it were me, I would, sh- I would shell out, I'd shell out some money for, for a couple of people. Mm. Yeah, I would. I, I really would. Maybe Stuart Copeland. Oh, that'd be, that'd be odd. You know, I, <laughs> I, I would love to talk to Stuart Copeland. I would love to talk to Stuart Copeland because, but a lot of the bands that I, but a lot of the bands that I really, really like, I can, you know, I can just send them an email. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, hey man, <laughs> what's, well, and, and, what's, and what's up with this thing? You know, that's, that's why I take so much stock in having common ground or having a good icebreaker because a lot of these guys have heard the same intro question. They've heard, yeah. heard the same, you know, like whatever happened to blah or you know. I'm think think about like again, not to get on it again, but like with Kiss, you know that in the '80s, so many people. So why'd you take the makeup off? You know what I mean? <laughs> Think about that punishing right. motherfucking question. It's a, it's right. some dildo that's like, you know, I mean, just like, yeah, okay, you can't go online to see the other in- interviews we've had. You're not going to read every single magazine. So these huge bands that have this big legacy, you know, like Alice Cooper, Kiss, Motorhead, Robert Plant, you know, fucking even St- Stuart Copeland, because there's more to him than just drums. Like his yep. fucking, like who his brother is and all that whole shit. It's just like, but but you go, you got to know what these motherfuckers haven't asked other people. So when it comes to that, it's just kind of like, well, I just won't bother. I, I remember when I, I actually fucking met uh, um, Jerry Only and Dez like back in 2003, 2004, when they played in, in Des Moines, Iowa. And I was doing security um, there. And they were in this, this little bur- uh, burrito shop uh, or taco shop place that was right down the street. And uh, I went in there to get like some nachos or whatever. And I'm like, oh shit, they're right there. I'm like, hey. And luckily I happened to have a friend me and Des Kadena had a mutual friend. And I was just like, oh shit. 
And I was just, and I told my mutual friend, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see the Misfits. He goes, oh, cool. Tell Dez I said hi. And I said, hey, Dez, you know, I'm not going to say it's whatever. It's not like controversial, but I'm just not going to use the guy's name just out of respect. And I said, hey, so-and-so says hi. He goes, oh, how is he doing? Blah, blah, blah. So me and Dez Kadena had a conversation about a guy that we were mutual friends with. And I'll never forget that because I'm like, this is fucking rad. I'm a huge Black Flag fan. And then uh, it was funny, not to sound shitty about it, but like Jerry wanted to get in on the conversation really bad because he was kind of like bummed out that I was sit- standing there while Dez was sitting at the table having a conversation with Dez. And, <laughs> and Jerry was kind of like, well, why isn't anybody talking to me kind of thing? You know what I mean? And it was really right. awkward. And so I was just right. kind of like, somehow we segued into a conversation about Glenn Danzig. And then I remember Jerry saying something about like, well, yeah, he's, he's doing really good and I'm happy for him. You know, if doing porn, you know, porn and comic books is your thing or something like that. He just, you know, he just kind of brought, I'm just kind of like, it was real dismissive because it was right around the time when, when uh, Glenn was doing those shows with bringing Doyle on stage mm-hmm. and it was tense. And I'm just kind of like, I'm like, I don't know Glenn Danzig personally and I don't whatever, but somehow I got on the, on the subject of it and I just somehow Danzig got brought up and I'm like, this is fucking weird. But r- regardless, I'm always going to have that, you know, that memory of like, I got to fucking, you know, talk to, you know, one of the guitar players slash vocalists of one of my fucking favorite bands ever. And right. then the fucking bass player of one of my other favorite bands ever. And it's just kind of like, and it didn't cost me anything. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. I had an icebreaker of, hey, me and you know the same person. And that's cool. Whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah it's the uh, sort of tips tips and how to not have shitty interactions with your heroes. Yeah. And I really did. I, I, I actually had second thoughts at first. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to leave him alone or whatever. You know what I mean? But it was just kind of like, ah, whatever, you know, and ended up having a really dude. Des is just like a real chill old hippie. You know what I mean? And yeah. he was, he was cool. So that's it. Well, most of black, black flag are weird hippie surfer dudes. You oh, know? dude, Chuck Zikowski, one of my favorite bassists ever. He is, the, <laughs> he is a fucking, he is such a hippie. He could, yeah. Just fucking, he's he's awesome, but yeah. Well, I just think, just like Keith, Keith is the one I always think of. Just just Keith, and just like he's his own uh, thing, man. You know, man, it's <laughs> just that <laughs> back with me and Be- Black Flag. We didn't give a shit about any of this fucking shit and this going on. <laughs> you know, I I love listening to any interview with fucking Keith Morris, dude, because uh, he's just he's on all the I time. I can't, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't. <laughs> I just can't do it, man. The like, thing I love about Keith I've, is- I've got a couple, I've got a couple <laughs> off albums. I got a couple Circle Jerks albums, but fuck yeah! Every every time I put one on, I realize why I don't put them on. <laughs> like uh, I, I feel bad about saying that because I'm like, I don't like Circle Jerks. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm 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 super happy that Greg went and played in Bad Religion for so long because it means Circle Jerks weren't making more albums. You know, oh, like, wow. <laughs> just, I'm just like a huge dick about it. And I, I feel bad. Like, I want to destroy you. Well, turn that off. Do you know what's funny? I've never heard that album ever. I, I, I love, I love group sex. I love yeah. uh, wild in the streets. I love golden shower hits. Those are fucking phenomenal. And, and even wonderful and four are, you know, are good. wonderful and four are more or less just rock and roll albums, but it's just kind of like, I could see. Okay. To me, Keith Morris is the Axl Rose of punk rock. I know people <laughs> that hate Guns N' Roses because they hate Axl Rose's fucking voice and his right. personality through the 80s right. and 90s. 
I fucking love Guns N' Roses because it had that fucking element in it. And I love Circle Jerks because they had crazy ass Keith. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, but I mean, I understand why both both sides of the coin feel the same way about it. But yeah. what it kind of comes to, kind of back to our point right there is because it's just like when you when you know to you can't separate the art from the artist on, on some, you know, on, on some levels. Yeah. And that's a yeah. whole different version of it. You know what I mean? Right. And like when you as a band bands going forward as a fan of music and as a person playing music, you wonder what's going to go on in the future because it's just kind of like, OK, well, the, the avenue to go is to give everybody all the inside scoop or give them the fucking, you know, break kayfabe for all your fans because we have no choice now because we can't fucking play shows like we used to. Yeah. You know, um, and then when you get to know Bruce and you're like, fuck, man, I remember seeing Bruce you know, on Kissology, you know, on fucking uh, um, the Hot in the Shade tour, he looks so fucking cool. And then seeing, seeing him, and then you go, God, he's just kind of like this fucking, just this dude from Long Island with a cat that likes coffee and uh, <laughs> hanging out with his wife, you know? And he's just I, like, yeah. you know, like, like, oh, I don't want to know this anymore. The, the, the romance and the romance and the presence that Bruce's wife, Lisa, has just in all things that Bruce does. Yeah. Is like, I'm just like, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. That's, I don't that's want great. to, I don't want too much of my favorite artist, to be honest with you. I really fucking don't. Yeah. You know, and, and I hope, I'm, okay. It sucks that I never got to see Motorhead live and it sucks. It sucks that I'll never get to meet Lemmy, but in a way I'm glad that I didn't because he's still, he's fucking Godzilla. He's King Kong. He's Frankenstein yeah. Yeah. and a fictitious character. Yeah. I don't ever want to meet Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley. Because I can never meet them in 1977, right? You know, I look. look I've I've interacted with Paul, and I, he was uncomfortable with me on <laughs> on on several different levels. Wow! <laughs> I I walked around the like I I turned into the room or the thing, and Paul was standing there, and I went, "Hey, Paul, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and I had. I had a misfit shirt on and I can tell that that wasn't, it wasn't cool. Yeah. He, he like, has a tendency, he has a tendency to sort of like get triggered by some of the weirdest things. Well, they want it. They've it's, it's a holdover from the eighties when they were obsessed with being cool. You know, they had to compete with John Bon Jovi and whatever other band. And they always want to be photographed with people that were either wearing kiss shirts or, you know, looked cool, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. So, you know, you're never, you're never going to like, you're never going to have the interaction with Paul Stanley where you, you walk around, you know, you turn the corner and be like, you know, like, Hey Paul, what's up? <laughs> oh, I love the misfits. It was like, no shit. How about the circle jerks? You know what I mean? Like it's nice it's, raspberry shirt, Dustin. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, right, right. It's just, uh, yeah, it was it was awkward. I could tell he was awkward. <laughs> um, but but I but like I was just like, hey Paul, good to talk to you, man. Hope you're doing all right. You know, we're never gonna have a common ground icebreaker with Paul Stanley. Never. We're never gonna. You know what I mean? We're, oh we're, we're, no, I would I would go straight for the throat. I know I would. I'd be really? like, can I, can I see your ear? Oh fuck. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, I, I would immediately uh, I would just no punches pulled, you know. I'm just gonna go. Hey, what was up with the Coke spoon in 1976 hanging around your neck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's up with your was rock? it a thing or what's your thing? Rock and roll over Coke spoon, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
<laughs> That's a good place to stop for the fucking was, day. I guess. <laughs> was it, was it snuff? Was that where it was? <laughs> I was just I, I was just thinking because I was just thinking about the circle jerks. I laughed a minute ago. It was just as I said, like whenever I listen to the circle jerks, I remember it's the same thing with the dead Kennedys. Whenever I listen to the dead Kennedys, I remember why I don't listen to the dead Kennedys. And it's <laughs> same thing with circle jerks and you know, like getting to meet Keith Morris, you're you know, like you know, like hey Keith. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? you know, like, what are you looking at? And <laughs> be like, you know, you could be like, uh, "Hey, do you do you really like Red Cross? Don't you? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. you, you want to listen to the Adolescents or or Agent Orange or just not your bands? Do you, do you, do, you get, do you get the feeling that like you're never going to be as cool as Keith Morris? wants you to be when you meet him you know listen to radio bird man and, and you know like it because i mean it, he, he, i i personally i'm a huge fan of him i love the fact that he his musical taste is so vast and he knows his shit about like you know old you know old 50s and 60s music and garage stuff you know you know and all that kind of shit or whatever but like i it's just kind of like it's you there's he's he's a he's an entity that's just kind of like, just like I said, you're never going to be as cool as he wants you to be. You're never going to be, um, you know, on the level that he requires a person to be to really interact with him. You know what I'm saying? And I, I've, I've noticed that there's even some people that I know from like some like lower tier bands that are somewhat successful that I'm just kind of like, this person is not going to be interested in talking to me at all. Or, there's already, or you ever had that thing where like, this person is a lot like me, right? I feel like a, but if me and that person are in the, in the room, is there room for two of us? And what the fuck's the point of, <laughs> right, right. of what the, what the fuck is, is going to be you know, any good for him to meet me or me to meet someone that's kind of like me at the same time. It's just, I've always kind of like, you know, with groups of friends, I've got a real diverse group of friends, you know, um, when I, when I meet somebody that's in a band, I'm like, you're a space alien. You are a fucking sci-fi monster. You know, can I touch your hair? You know what I mean? It's just, you're not fucking real. But then when you're just kind of like, hey, this is just a dude, you know, just, oh, okay, there's there's two guys. Oh, like, okay, like, for one thing I was telling my wife about not too long ago is like, I don't give a fuck if somebody's straight edge. There's a lot of fucking people that are straight edge. I'm not going to become your fucking friend because you're straight edge. You can be an asshole and be straight edge. You can be fucking, or whatever, you know, or... You can be a fucking a huge Kiss fan, and I'm not gonna fucking like you. You know what I mean? So it's 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 hard. So that's I, why I'm like, ah, yeah. people go away. <laughs> yeah, you know. I just, I just feel like if if punk rock was a, a an amusement park, Keith would what be one of the big mascots walking around and. Oh, for sure. It'd be like, a, it, I feel, a, I, I feel genuinely <laughs> bad. I feel genuinely bad when I'm all like, I don't like circle jerks. Please turn that that's off. That's crazy. That's weird, you know? man. Like, I I'm mean, just... that's fucking nuts. I, I, you know what? I think also too is a big thing about Keith Morris is it's like, like I said, with Axl Rose for some people, it's like, fuck yeah, I love this. This is weird and cool. I like it. Or some people are like, fuck it. That sounds like garbage. Turn it off. Or like, you know what? It's an acquired taste after a while. I know people that like Axl Rose was an acquired taste to them, you know? And, and like with me, when I first heard Motorhead, when I was really young, I'm like, this guy can't sing. Fuck this guy. You know? And then when I got older, I'm like, Oh wow, he's rad. He doesn't give a shit. He's fucking sounding however the hell yeah. he wants to sound. Yeah. You know? 
I I just I'm I'm all like I like Henry. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, there's fucking there was 16 different fucking singers for Black Flag, you know, before they fucking landed on Henry. (laughs) Well, fucking four. There was only only three. (laughs) I mean, there's probably about 24 that we don't know about. Where we count? Are we are we going to count Mike uh, Vallely? Oh, let's not. I love, I, I'm a fan of Mike V, but like that whole thing was, yeah, no, <laughs> <Mm-mm>. no. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's I just love... funny. It's just funny with like one of your favorite bands, <laughs> and, and well, you, you have to, you have to get, you have to say to yourself at some point, go, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Well, like... dude, okay, I, I love Revolution Mother, the band that fucking Mike V sang for. I love Mike Mike V and the Rats. The band that, that, that he did, um, fucking, uh, oh, that shit, that, that shitty fucking band that he did with, uh, with Greg Ginn, um, the For Your Own Good or whatever the fuck it was called. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was, it, it was, they were, um, they were, Greg was doing double duty. He was opening and closing. It was during that, that period where black flag got back together and what it was, was it called fucking good enough or this is I good or some shit but i can't dude, remember to me it sounded you know the fucking the total like bullshit like uh like jazz discovery fucking wankery going on on you yeah. know on family man and crap like that or whatever it yeah. was nothing yeah. but that with fucking mike v trying to sound like um uh uh slip it in era um henry rollins it was such a letdown, man, because I love Mike V and I love Black Flag and it's just, I don't know, but like I really wish the band Flag that had Keith Morris on vocals and Chuck Bukowski and Steven Egerton um, and uh, Bill Stevenson, that fucking project went out at the same time as just Flag and they did fucking, they did all, they did awesome sets sure. on YouTube. Yeah, like that, yeah, so. it was, I mean, it was, it was better than anything that was going on. Mm-hmm. That, what is it that, that album they did with um ron called what happened or what yeah what is what, this what is this i think it's, i think it's just called what happened i don't know okay but it's shitty mm-hmm. and the drummer the drummer was garbage it, which is it, which is funny because it was the same dude that was playing with greg when he was doing gone okay so it's, towards- so, so it's not Pertzborn. it wasn't was it was wasn't Brent, no Brent? no no okay. the album the album was done with the dude that played in Gone with Greg. Oh, there, okay. There towards the end of Black Flag, yeah, and Gone was Brandon. Brandon had came in when they got rid of him because I it was all unanimous. Like this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like you watch footage from that tour that they did, and it's it's bad, man. It's bad. Like he doesn't know how to end songs. Ugh. Like okay. it's, like, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's Should just, we have a black flag discussion in the, in the future? Or probably. Do you, think it, do you think it would even be relevant? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if it is or it isn't, but okay. I think, I mean, right. I think we should. All right. Well, I'm going to have to call it because I, I got to, I got to piss. I can, I can idiot. I fucking, I, I drink that's how, water. That's how, that's how episodes are ending now. John has <laughs> Okay, I, I will I, I will make sure that I don't do that again next time. But <laughs> I go okay, it's fine. <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll do uh yeah, we'll do a black flag episode next one. All right, cool. That works. All right.
uh, buy stuff and watch videos from the bands that you like. Is that good enough? Does that yeah, work? all you really can. It's all you can do now. Yeah, watch Bruce Kulick's amazing blog videos. Yep, <laughs> they're phenomenal. All right, okay, so that's another episode of <laughs> Conversations <laughs> from the Pit wrapping. Uh, music lightblood, something old, something blah, new. Blah, 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 blah. What, are, what you are you listening to, Dustin? Right, mm-hmm. uh, Wolfhammer. Still, there you it's go. Wolf, Wolfhammer left and right. Wolf Blitzer, yes, great band. Gross. <laughs> hey, folks, don't forget you can support Music the Lightblood by buying some of our shit. Go to tchip.com and check out the MTLB Ultra Mega Store. Tons of fun stuff, coffee mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, all kinds of shit, so you look cool for once. All right, fucking merch.